Lord for that. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn over to the book of 1 Timothy. With me, if you will, tonight, 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And as I said a little earlier, I know that we've taken some time for other things tonight. I'm going to be very brief in the message. We're not going to be very lengthy at all tonight. So, uh, listen, you're, you're not going to be here long, much longer, and we're going to have you out of here. But I want to, uh, we, we've been in the series now for a little while. In fact, let me just go through it real quick. We talked about the place, where is heaven? Then we took a little time and we talked about the population, who is heaven for? We talked about the paradise, what will heaven be like? We talked about the preview, our first day in heaven. And then we talked about the passage, um, our trip to heaven. And then the protest, the battle in heaven. And, uh, and then, of course, we had weather and sickness. And we were out for, uh, we were out for a few weeks and away from this, and I thought, well, maybe, Lord, maybe we'll just, uh, maybe we'll go to something else, and, and I won't even worry about that last point. Uh, but that last point, that last point is a hard one to leave out. And so um, it, I'm glad that the Lord gave me some liberty, and, and so I want to see if I can sort of finish this uh, series off tonight. And I want to talk to you tonight about this subject, the potentate, the God of heaven, and again, we won't be long at all tonight, but I want you to turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6 in your Bibles, and when you find your place, if you're able to stand, if you'll stand with us tonight out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter number 6 in your Bibles, and look at verse number 13, and we'll read down through verse number 16 tonight. The Apostle Paul, challenging young Timothy, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said in verse 13, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice verse 15, which is our text. Which in his times he will show who is the blessed and only potentate the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only has immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto. Notice this next little line here, whom no man hath seen nor can see. Now, if, if the Lord uh, continues to give the green light, Lord willing, this coming Wednesday night, we're gonna answer this question Will we see God in heaven? I'm talking about God. You say, well, we're going to see Jesus. That's true. That's absolutely true. But will you see God in heaven? And so, anyway, you'll have to be back on Wednesday night to see that. All right, to learn that. And so he says here, whom no man hath seen nor can see. And then he said, to whom be honor and power everlasting Amen. You may be seated tonight just for a few moments this evening. Very, very simple outline. Tonight, you won't have any... Uh, any problem understanding tonight, not deep at all. But I want to talk to you about the potentate, the God of heaven. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. We'll jump right into the Bible study, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Father, thank you again for letting us be here tonight. We've prayed, we've sung. God, we've worshiped, we've testified, we've fellowshiped. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we've done all those things I believe the church is supposed to do. And now, Lord, we're going to take just a few moments as we close this service 
And God, we're going to teach and preach just for a little bit according to your will. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bring the increase from these simple, simple words that we'll try to give to your people tonight. But Lord, what an important lesson and what an important subject. And Lord, we've talked about the place, the preview, the passage. We've talked about a lot of important things. Well, Lord, we'll not talk about a more important thing than we'll talk about tonight, and that is the potentate. And so, Father, help us and teach us. And Lord, I pray that by the time this service is done that we'll leave tonight so encouraged, Lord, that it'll give us what we need to go out and live the rest of the week and let our light shine. And then, Lord, I pray you'll bring us back Wednesday night for an encouraging time together for midweek service. And so, Lord, help us now, please. We pray for the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you might bind the powers of darkness. And, uh, Lord, help them not to be able to distract and take away from the rest of the service tonight. And, Father, we pray that you'll you'll receive glory from it all. We love you and praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. Look at verse 14 again that thou keep this commandment without spot, uh, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate. Well, that's not a word we use a lot today, potentate. Um, I'm not a Greek scholar at all tonight. I'm not a Hebrew, a Hebrew scholar tonight. But let me give you the Greek Greek rendering of the word potentate. It's the word dynasties. Uh, We get a word from that in our language, and it's the word dynasty. And it means this, it means high officer, or it means royal minister of great authority. And truly, that's, that's right tonight, isn't it? And God will be the high officer of heaven the Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 6, and I've got way too many scriptures tonight, and no way you can turn to all these scriptures, but 2 Chronicles 20, verse 6, our Bible says, And said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee. That's the kind of God that we serve tonight. Acts chapter 17, verse number 24. uh, The Bible says, God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. And so I want to talk to you just for a moment tonight about the potentate, the God of heaven. And I want to give you some things that we know. There's a lot of things we don't know. There's some things we don't understand. But I want to give you some things, and even some of these things I'm going to talk about tonight we really don't understand. Uh, at least we can't comprehend it with our, our little mind. But I want to give you some things tonight that we know about the potentate of heaven. And I hope that these will be a blessing to you tonight. Number one is this, God abides in heaven. God abides in heaven. Uh, take your Bibles and we'll turn a few places. Now I turn over the book of Job tonight, Job chapter number 22. Job 22 and look at verse number 12 with me tonight, if you would. Job chapter 22 and verse number 12. Somebody says, Pastor, where is God? Well, our Bible is pretty clear on this, that God abides in heaven. Uh, Job chapter 22, verse number 12 The Bible says, is not God in the height of heaven? 
Uh, and behold the height of the stars, how high they are, the Bible says. Now, we learned the other night that there are three heavens. We learned there's a first heaven, a second heaven, and a third heaven. And we also learned that God abides in that third heaven. Uh, he is way past our stars and our galaxy and our atmosphere, and God abides in heaven. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it for you. Psalm, 42, uh, Psalm 14, verse 2, the Bible says, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. And again, in Psalm 53 and verse number two, the psalmist said, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men. Now, as I was reading that this week and studying that out this week, uh, and I, I thought, Lord, how is that applicable to us today? Okay, that God, uh, our God, the potentate of heaven, uh, abides in heaven. Is that you know, that ain't have anything to do with us. Is there, is there a practical application to that? And I believe there is. I believe this actually teaches us a great truth. And the great truth is this, that God is not tethered to this earth in any way uh, or what's happening in this earth. Now, you say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, I think sometimes we sort of get in our minds that, that God is sort of cumbered, you know, with the cares of this world and, and uh, you know, we're worried about things and since we're worried about things, God is worried about things and, and since we're apprehensive and fearful about things that maybe we serve a God that is also apprehensive and fearful of those things. But I'm telling you, church, God doesn't abide in earth where we do. God abides in heaven. He is way above all those things. And so I wanna, I wanna tell you tonight, God is not in heaven tonight taking nitroglycerin and, and uh, nerve pills and rubbing his hands together and, and worried about what's happening here. I promise you this, he's not worried about what uh, President Biden is gonna do next and he's not worried about what's going to happen in the Ukraine and, and I'll tell you something else. God's not worried about COVID-19 or coronavirus or Omicron or whatever you call it. God is not worried about those things because God abides in the heaven. God, let me tell you what that tells us. God lives above all those issues and all those things. Now, and Brother Mike was a pilot. And he, can, he can sort of testify to this, but if you've ever flown uh, in a jet, uh, you know, and, and you hit, start hitting turbulence. Boy, that's, that gets a little, that gets a little worrisome sometimes when that old plane begins to shake and quiver. And, uh, and uh, we've been a few times, we've been uh, on some flights where we started hitting some turbulence. But you know, if, if you've got a good pilot, if you've got a good pilot, let me tell you what he'll do. Uh, he'll try to fly up above the turbulence. He'll try to get you to a better cruising altitude. He'll try to get you to, to some air where uh, it's not quite as bumpy and it's not, uh, it, it's not quite as fearful. And I just said that to say this, that God is the same way. And God is above the problems. And God is above the strife. And God is above the turmoil. And although we are not living in heaven yet, how many know this, that we ought to decide in 2022 that we're going to have a heavenly mindset, just like God. And although we're not above COVID-19, well, praise the Lord, we know who he is. And although we're not above uh, all the things that are transpiring in our world right now, boy, I'm just glad I can tell you that God's in control and God's a sovereign God and God's a powerful God and our God, the potentate of heaven, abides in heaven. 
And maybe tonight we could say, well, I'm going to have a heavenly mindset and I'm not going to get worried about all these things. Somebody says, preacher, have you been watching the news? And I have. I've been watching the news this week. And man, we're, uh, you know, we're seeing Putin and we're seeing the uh, Russian army get around Ukraine and all these things. And, and I just rem- would remind you this, that Russia is in the Bible. Uh, Russia is in biblical prophecy. And, and listen, church, when you see all these things that are unfolding and all these things that are happening, happening, hey, just lift your eyes up high. Your redemption draweth nigh and uh, everything's all right. God is in control, amen. And so we notice here that God abides in heaven. I'll point something else out tonight. Number two, we notice that God is bigger than heaven. Now take your Bibles tonight, if you will, turn over to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter number eight, and look at verse number 27. And in theology, this is what we call the immensity of God. The immensity of God. Now, I'm gonna be honest, when we get to this point, you're still not gonna understand it, and neither do I. But notice what the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter number eight and verse number 27. The Bible says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Look what it says, 1 Kings 8, 27. Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have builded. And so you understand tonight, Calvary, that God is Listen, God abides in heaven, and I'm not sure I understand all this, but our Bible says that God is actually bigger than heaven. Now, I was thinking about that this week, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I think this might shed some light on a question that's really, really popular. In fact, this discussion came up just the other day. Somebody says, preacher, do you believe that the other planets are inhabited and I'm going to be honest with you, now, and we can agree to disagree on this, but I'm going to be honest with you. I believe more than likely Earth is the only planet that's inhabited with life. And I believe that God has his eye on the Earth. Someone says, preacher, wait a minute then. If that be the case, if Earth is the only planet that is inhabited, then why do we have all these uh, other planets, and why do we have all these uh, uh, these other galaxies? And and uh, and I mean, preacher, they're they're coming to know that that there are galaxies that we have never even seen, and and there are places that we can't even reach. And and someone says, preacher, why is it then that that there are all these other galaxies? And I think what we're teaching tonight may answer that question: that our God is so great that even all these other galaxies, even uh, uh, as vast as they are could never contain the greatness of God. Somebody says, preacher, why all these other, all these other, you know, galaxies and things? Listen, friend, if our God was so small that he could just create our galaxy, we could maybe limit him. But you know what? When, when we have all these other galaxies and worlds and planets, you know what God is telling us? God is telling us this, you'll never figure me out. And so, number one, God abides in heaven. God is above all the turmoil of the world. Number two, God is bigger than heaven. But how about this third one? Number three, God is the creator of heaven. Now, uh, I'll tell you what you can do. Turn over to Psalm chapter 146 tonight. Psalm 146 in your Bibles. And while you're turning... 
to Psalm 146. Let me give you 2 Chronicles chapter 2 and verse number 12. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel that made heaven and earth. And now look with me, if you will, at Psalm 146 and verse number 5. And the Bible says there, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord is God. Look at verse six. The Bible says, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever and ever. Now, you say, Pastor, what's, what, what's something here that we can make applicable to the congregation tonight? And I believe this is it. I believe tonight that God has created heaven, but I got news for you. I believe that heaven is still under construction. I believe that God is still creating heaven. And I believe that he'll still continue to create it until the rapture of the church takes place. Now, turn in your Bibles with me tonight, John chapter 14. John 14, and look at verse number one tonight. John chapter 14, verse number one. And listen, if you're discouraged tonight, then you need to really take this uh, uh, passage of Scripture to heart tonight. John chapter 14, and look at verse number one. And notice what our Lord says in John 14, verse number one. Right, right out of the gate here, verse number one, he says this, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said in verse two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now look what he says here. He said, I go to, notice the word, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I go to prepare. I looked that up. And it's, it's, it's the Greek word, hedomeozo. And it means to make ready. And so the Lord said this, I'm, I'm, I'm going away to make ready. And then he says, I'm going to make, a, make ready a place. That word place there means, it's the Greek word topos, T-O-P-O-S, topos. You've heard of topography, which means arrangement. And the Lord was saying this, I have went away to make ready arrangement for you. The word place there in the Greek means spot or occupancy or location. And I believe this church, I believe that the Lord is there and I believe, he is, I believe he's working on heaven now. And you've heard me say this before. If God did all that he did in six days and created this earth, can you imagine what heaven is gonna be like after 2,000 years? Man, what a place. And so number one, God abides in heaven Number two, God is bigger than heaven. Number three, God is the creator of heaven. But I want to point something else out real quickly tonight. Number four, notice this church, God is the owner of heaven. He's the owner. And I know this is simple, but he's the owner of heaven. Look at Genesis chapter 14 in your Bibles tonight, the first book of your Bible, Genesis 14, and look with me at verse number 22. Genesis 14, numbers, uh, verse number 22. And somebody says, preacher, big deal. Yeah, it really is a big deal. Genesis 14, verse 22, the Bible says, And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the most high God. Notice this, the possessor of heaven and earth. Now skip over just a few pages of the book of Deuteronomy tonight. Deuteronomy chapter number 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. And look at verse number 14. God is the owner of heaven. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse number 14. And the Bible says, behold, the heaven 
and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God, the earth also, and all that is therein. God is the owner of heaven. Well, you say, preacher, okay, so God is the owner of heaven. Does that tell us anything? Well, let me tell you what it tells us. The owner determines who's allowed to come onto the property. Did you know this day that trespassing is a legitimate law? It's in the law books today. In other words, if, if someone were to come over to my house uh, tonight and, and I didn't want them on my property, maybe they came and they were trying to stir up some kind of trouble. And uh, you know what? Did you know that I can call 911? I can have the uh, Iowa County Sheriff come out to my house and they can physically remove those people from my property. You know why? Because I am the owner of that property. This is very sad that people talk like they're gonna live in heaven with no strings attached. It's just sort of a given that they're gonna live in heaven and that they don't have to do one solitary thing to live in God's heaven. But I'm gonna tell you something. They better make sure they have an understanding with the owner. Now you say, pastor, and, and I'm done, but listen to this. Somebody says, preacher, what gives you access? Since God owns heaven, what grants you access to the property of heaven. And here's the answer. Here's the answer, church. You better know the owner's son. Because if you don't know the owner's son, you, you'll be caught trespassing in heaven. Let me show it to you. Turn over the book of Ephesians. Last place I'll have you turn. Ephesians chapter number two. And look at two great verses. Verses six and seven. Ephesians chapter two, verse six and verse seven. Now look what our Bible says here. Ephesians 2, verse 6, find your place, say amen. amen. The Bible says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places, look at this, in Christ Jesus, here we go, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us, look at the last part, through Christ Jesus in other words, one of these days, we're gonna be granted access to heaven, although God's the owner. And the reason is because we know his son. Several years ago, several years ago, it's been, actually it's been a number of years ago now, my wife, our whole family went down to Florida and we went to, uh, we, we went to one of the parks there at Disney World. And uh, interesting because, and we had a large crowd. I mean, her family's pretty large. And, and we went to the gate and we never bought the first ticket. We went to the gate, and because we knew a family member there in the park, we walked to the gate, they came and they met us at the gate, and they opened the gate, and every one of my wife's family, we walked into the, the Disney park free of charge. And he said, preacher, how can something like that happen? Let me tell you how, how that happened. We knew a family member. And that family member was able to get us in. Listen to what John 14, 6 says. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, church, again, I want you to understand something. God's the owner. He's the owner of heaven. And you'll never have access to that property if you don't know the Son. It's been a long time. I'm telling some old stories today. It's been a long time since I've told this story. 
many, many years ago, there was a father and a son who lived in New York. The mom, the wife had died several years back and this father and son grew so close together. They were very, very well to do. In fact, the story goes that, that uh, they had accumulated some $40 million just in paintings. I'm talking about famous paintings. I'm talking about uh, artists like Van Gogh and Picasso and Rembrandt. And, uh, and also the son loved to paint. He had become quite the artist and he loved to paint. The war broke out and, and the son felt it his duty and he enlisted in the service and and sure enough, they called him away to a foreign, a foreign soil. And, uh, and they said in this story that the dad lived every, he lived for every letter. And the son would send a letter home and he would get those letters periodically. And, and the dad would just live in those letters. And then finally, one day, the letters ceased to come. The dad wondered what was going on. Well, this was before the days of email and all those kind of things. And sure enough, one day a letter came, but it, this letter was from the War Department. And it, uh, it uh, told that dad what he didn't want to hear. His son had been killed in action, and the dad was just so, so sad by that. Loved his son so much, and he was so sad. Three months later, and they said that dad sort of became a recluse and didn't go out very often and wasn't very sociable. And three months later, there was a knock on the door, and a young man came to the door. The butler uh, answered the door, and, and uh, the young man said, uh, I'd like to see, and he called the, the father's name, and, and the butler said, well, do you, do you have an appointment? He's not seeing very many people, and, and he said, no. He said, I don't have an appointment, but, but he said, I knew his son, and he said, I really, he said, I, I, I really feel like it's important that I talk to this dad, and so the butler uh, brought him in, and he went and got the dad, and, and that uh, dad and that young man sat down together and, and he said, sir, let me tell you why I made this visit. He said, I, I wasn't sure if you knew how your son died. He said he died risking his life for his fellow comrades. In fact, he said this, he said, I was over the shoulder of your son. He said, I, I had been wounded and he said, your son could have left me, but he said, your son ran back and he picked me up and he put me over his shoulder. And, and he said, while he was carrying me to safety, he said, a bullet hit your son in the heart. And he said, it took your, your son's life. He said, he saved my life. And he said, I know your boy loved painting and loved artistry. And, and he said, I'm not, an, I'm not an artist, but he said, I, he said, I painted a picture of your son, of how I remembered him. He unveiled it to, to the dad and, and they shared, you know, appreciation and that young man went on his way and they said that dad took that painting. It wasn't very good, but he took that painting of his son and he put it over his fireplace and, and he would sit there by the fireplace and he would look at that painting sometimes hours at a time and he did become away from society and didn't go out very much and sure enough, as uh, the story goes, that dad passed away and he left this in his will and testament that all of his belongings his wife had already passed now his son was gone and so he said in his will and testament that all of his belongings were to be auctioned off at an auction when word began to spread people came literally from all over the world they wanted to get their hands 
on those paintings and, and the wealth. And so they came in that day and, and a vast crowd had, had assembled and, and the auctioneer got up and he said, we're going to begin the bidding now. But then he pulled out a, a velvet cover None of that velvet cover was something and nobody knew what it was. And, and he opened this velvet cover and he pulled out that painting that that soldier buddy had painted. And he said this, he said, before we can do anything else, he said, we're gonna bid for this painting. It wasn't very good. It was somewhat scratched up. You could tell that it had not been done by an accomplished artist and, and people were a little, you know, they were a little confused about what was going on and, and some even uh, shouted out verbally and said, we don't want that. We didn't come here for that. We didn't come across the world uh, to bid on something like that. That's junk. And then auctioneer said, we're gonna, we're gonna bid this all first. And they said, let's get to the next thing. And he said this, who'll take the sun? Who'll take the sun? And nobody would bid. And finally, there was a caretaker that had been on that property for many, many years. And he just happened to sort of wander into that meeting. I don't even know if he was really invited, but he wandered to that meeting and he saw what was going on. And nobody would bid on that old picture of this man's son. And, and so that caretaker raised his hand and the auctioneer recognized him. And he said, sir, I'll give $10 for it. He said he was one of the finest young men that I've ever known. That auctioneer said, $10. Do I hear 11? Do I hear 11? Nobody would bid. And finally, the auctioneer said, $10, going once. $10, going twice. $10 sold. And then he did this. He raised up that gavel and he said this. Bidding is now closed. And everybody said, do what? And he said, bidding is now closed. And he read this little addendum that the father had written in his will and testament to the man who takes my son. I leave all of my wealth and my belongings. Hey, Calvary, did you know that one of these days we're gonna be given access and granted entrance into God's amazing, amazing heaven. But the only way that you'll ever make it is by knowing the Son. That's it. That's the only way. Aren't you glad you know Jesus tonight? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, thank you for teaching us about heaven. Father, thank you for reminding us of how wonderful heaven's going to be. Lord, and it's not that we're weird and it's not that we're looking forward to dying. Well, Lord, I'm gonna be honest with you. This series that we've been involved in, at least to, a, to an extent, I believe it's sort of taken the sting out. And Lord, although we may not look forward to death, I'm so glad we don't have to fear it. And Father, one of these days, if we are a child of God, and we know the Son. Lord, when we close our eyes here, hallelujah, we're gonna open our eyes over there. And God, when we take our last breath here, we'll breathe in celestial air over there. Father, thank you for heaven. 
Lord, if there might be one here tonight that doesn't know that they know that they know that they're on, that, that, on their way to heaven, I pray tonight would be the night. Father, maybe there's someone here tonight. They're depending on their good works. They're depending on their church, church membership. They're depending on their baptism, Lord, but they've never come to that place where they know the Son. God, tonight, I pray that you draw them to yourself. And I pray they give their heart and life to Jesus. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Real quickly before we go, I wonder how many are here tonight would say, Preacher, if I die tonight, boy, oh boy, oh boy, man, oh man, I'm so glad I know the Son. I'm glad I know Jesus as my Savior tonight. If that's you, without anybody looking, would you just slip your hand up tonight? You'd say, Pastor, I know the Son. I know Jesus as my Savior. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this. Is there one anywhere here tonight who would say, Preacher, if I die tonight, I'm not sure I'm saved. I need you to pray for me. Is there one? Can I pray for you tonight? Is there one anywhere like that tonight? I know this is mainly our folks. Anybody tonight, can I pray for you? How many are here tonight? You'd say, preacher, I've already raised my hand about salvation. I know that I'm saved, okay? How about this though? How, know, how, how many know somebody in 2022 and you're pretty sure they don't know the Son. They don't know Christ the Savior. If that's the case tonight, would you slip your hand up tonight? You know somebody doesn't know Christ. Amen. Hey, would you do this? Would you pray this simple prayer and just ask the Lord to open the door for you to share the gospel with them so they can know Christ? Would you do that? Lord, help me to be a soul winner. Lord, help me to be able to lead them to Jesus. That maybe it's a, listen, it could be a, a relative. It could be a, a dad. It might be a, a spouse. It could be a child. Lord, would you give me the opportunity to witness to them this year and lead them to Jesus? If you're watching by way of live stream, we're so glad to have you watching tonight. And there is a number on the bottom of your screen, 704-327-5662. And if you're watching tonight and you don't know the son, but you say, Brother Pope, I'd like to know him. Hey, we would love to share him with you. And we have some folks that are waiting right beside the phone right now. And we'd love to share Christ with you. Would you call us right now? We'll pick it up. We'll answer. And we'd love to share some great verses with you on how you can know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. I want you to stand with us all over the house tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're going to pray. And we're going to pause just for a moment tonight. And if you need to use the altar, they're wide open this evening. If there's somebody you need to pray for tonight, altars are wide open tonight. If you're burdened about someone and you'd like to just come and mention their name to the Lord, the altars are open. I'm going to ask our personal workers as well if they just make their way to the front because, you know, uh, we ought never take for granted that there's not somebody here tonight that might need some help. And so... Uh, we've got some folks up here that have a Bible in their hand. And if they can help you tonight, if they can pray with you tonight, they'll be here to help you. And so, Father, I pray that you'll bless in the remainder of this invitation. Lord, those that are already in the altar, those that have come, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll work in their hearts tonight. And, Lord, I pray that 
Lord, you'll speak to every heart. And God, help us to do business with you tonight. Father, we didn't preach very long, didn't preach very hard tonight. But Lord, I think we can all walk out of here tonight saying, thank God, I know the Son. And the Son has set us free. Father, have your way now this invitation. Bless through the live stream, the prayer lines. God, help us tonight, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name.